0: Good afternoon. We're uh, so good you could join us once again on a, wow, a sunny Sunday. Loving this. John Scholes here, an employment lawyer, of course, Lior Samfiru from Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, joining for the uh, complete hour. This is the time you want to grab that. We already had a couple phone calls before the show, which is encouraging. So bring them back. Come on back. And to do so, uh, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. You also have the option of texting your questions, if that's easier for you over the next hour. That's just seven ten ten to reach out and email, of course, help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'll give you some more contact throughout the show. we got a good hour coming up here. We will get into our main topic shortly, everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. First, we'll define it, what it means, because a lot of people aren't familiar with the term. They know what it is. They just don't know what it's called. So we'll clear that up and go down the list of questions from uh, from that point in between your phone calls, of course. But we always start off with the Orc, pal, with a, a week that was something going on your end. What do you got?
1: Uh, of course john always something going on always employment law always solving workplace problems that's what i do when i'm not on the air and for sure that's what i do when i'm on the air so if you're dealing with a workplace issue a dilemma an ultimatum whatever that issue is what a great place to start right now here live on this show calling getting us uh, the information and allowing us to give you the answers and the solutions because there are answers and solutions i don't even need to know what your issue is to tell you that there's very very likely a a good answer for you because we have good employment laws and anyone that thinks that we don't have good employment laws you're only thinking that because you don't necessarily know what the law is well listening to the show You'll learn what the law is. Calling me in the office after the show, you can learn what the law is. So there's so many ways to reach out to get those workplace issues solved and resolved. And of course, right now, let's start off with the situation that came across my desk, just to kind of give you a flavor of the types of issues that I deal with, and they may apply to you as well. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman that worked for a, uh, is a salesperson for a windows and doors uh, company. So he would... um, uh, he would go into uh, a potential customer's home. He would uh, talk to them about their options, take some preliminary measures, give them a quote. And if they wanted to proceed, he'd kind of sign them to a deal. And then the company would take it from there. They'd send an installer, etc. cetera. Uh, a common sales role. And I'm sure many of us have dealt with individuals like that. Well, unfortunately, uh, the company decided that they're going to cut uh, their workforce. And they let a the few people go, including this gentleman. And guess what? They said, you're an independent contractor. You've been with us Uh for for four and a half years, almost five. But because you're an independent contractor, all we have to do is give you two weeks notice, say goodbye to you, and, and wish you good luck. So he called me. He wanted to understand if this was true. Now, he had worked for this company exclusively for nearly five years, just shy of that. Uh, they told him where to go, what customers to go to. They gave him all the information, uh, How you know what the margins are, what the options are. Uh, he ended up working for them over 30 hours a week, was the only job that he did. Got paid fairly well, by the way, commission. So guess what? He was really an employee. He was not a contractor, not even close to being a contractor. He was an employee. He was misclassified as a contractor. Happens all the time when individuals are misclassified. They, they're they told they're contractors, maybe they're paid as contractors, but they really are employees. That's what happened to him. And why is that important? Well, it's important for several reasons, but in this particular situation, it's important because he's owed severance. Now, after almost five years, he's owed probably seven, maybe eight months of severance. Again, well-paying job. We're talking a lot of money for him. So uh, I'm going to help him get that money. But that's just another example of how many people often get misclassified. Happens with truck drivers. Happens with salespeople. can even happen with accountants. Happens with many, many roles. So if you want to know if you're an independent contractor or an employee, you can always call me and I'll tell you. Another option, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a tool there that allows you to find out if you're a contractor or an employee. That may mean you wrote overtime, vacation pay, severance, you name it. So we really, John, have to get this right.
0: And uh, exactly, Lior. By the way, you need to tell me how to reach out to Lior and his team. You can do so. That's the uh, that's an option. It's simple 1 821 5900. 1 821 5900. Or I mentioned uh, right off the top as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, you are always our priority on the show. Get your phone calls into us 416 872 uh, 1010. In that regard, I want to get to uh, to David online, who's been standing by for, uh, for a moment, waiting to ask his question on behalf of his wife, I believe. Uh, go ahead, David. What's on your mind, pal?
2: Yeah. So my wife, uh, when she went back to work following the, first, the birth of our first child, while pregnant with our second, uh, she got uh, multiple times a week comments about her size and weight while she was pregnant. And uh, she went to HR on a number of occasions. They said, we'll handle it. We'll talk to people. And she, uh, nothing happened. The comments continued. Uh, she spoke to the assistant store manager who said, well, it's okay for me to say that because you are pregnant, uh, and it's okay if it, if it mean in a bad way. Uh, so uh, she finally took all her vacation time before the maternity leave just to kind of make it stop a little sooner, and uh, she was worried that if she pursued it any further, she would end up not getting her 600 hours to qualify for EI again, which she barely did. So now she's ready to come back to work at the end of the, the, mater- the second maternity leave, and uh, uh, the harassment was so bad we actually have a doctor who would she can't return to the store she previously worked Good. at because of all the harassment and, and the trauma it caused. And the only option they've given her is not only is it further away than the, the store she was at before, but the manager at that store was the manager at the store where the harassment took place.
1: Right, right. Obviously, a, a very... Uh, unfortunate and well forget unfortunate also illegal situation so you you touched on the right term it's harassment that's exactly what it is you you cannot be mistreated you cannot be put down you cannot be embarrassed and your employer has an obligation to deal with that once they become aware of it and it sounds like your wife did exactly what i would have told her to do in that situation is talk to hr talk to the the person in charge let them know Give them that opportunity to fix that problem, and if they didn't, well, there's several things here. Number one, it could be a human rights violation. Number two, it could be considered a constructive dismissal. In other words, it's by creating this poison work environment, she may be able to treat that as a termination and get severance. So I'm going to give your option, uh, your, your wife, two options here. Uh, well, there's three. The first option, you can just she can go back and hope for the best. I don't think that's a good option. The second option is. I can likely get the company to do what she wants. In other words, if she wants to move to a specific store and she thinks that's going to be the best thing, if they hear from me, you can see how fast that happens. But the third option is if she says, you know what, I've had it with this company. I don't trust them anymore. I, I can't see myself going back there. We can consider that to be a constructive dismissal. And I can help her pursue that. Uh, how long has your wife been there, total? Uh,
2: she's been there um, about... Uh, um 12 years, uh, 12, 13 years. Uh, now, so
1: she'd be looking at, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: So, so, so they say, well, the, the previous humor, uh, uh HR manager said that he took care of it, which he didn't. And they said, well, we, we, like, we sent them eight copies of email complaints. And, and so they say, well, we looked into it and we can't substantiate your claim. So, uh, unless you, you know, you want to participate in some, some fact finding that will reopen your case, but, As of now, we can't substantiate. So, I mean, should we bother with their additional investigation? Should we be filing a human rights complaint against
1: them? You, you should not do anything without having your wife speak to me first. Now, the reality is that even if they can't substantiate it, the, they are obligated at that point, maybe to have kind of a, a town hall meeting where they say, here's what's expected. And if we hear anything contrary to this, there's going to be significant consequence. They have to deal with that because you're not always going to have the proof lined up perfectly. So, no, she should not file a human rights complaint without speaking to me. There's better ways to pursue that. Ultimately, what she needs to decide is this. Does she want to try to make it work with the company and maybe at a different store? Or has she had enough of it and she just wants out with severance? Either way, I can help her make it happen. But I think that's the first step for her to decide which of those options makes the most sense for her.
2: I mean, they said they did have town halls, and but like nothing changed. Right? They, they, they
1: hmm.
2: you know, the, har- the harassment continued despite, quote, you know, telling people or, or whatever it was.
1: I would have a hard time believing that they dealt with it properly and people just ignored it. So I, I, it seems to me that clearly they did something wrong. So the the first step, as I said, your wife should think about those two options. And either way, I'm happy to help her. We'll give you that number uh, here in a second so she can reach me in the office. She certainly has rights here. Okay, thanks a lot.
0: Thanks, David. here's that. Uh, here's that number, by the way: 5900 five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I'll give it to you again: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can call that uh, any time. Now we didn't. get I don't think he uh, he mentioned his wife's age, Lior, but I, I assume that would be a factor. If she decides to go the severance route, twelve years, whatever her age, you kind of know her job. Would the with the harassment and the proof of that add uh, add to some of that severance?
1: yeah it might and, and oh. it's not even the harassment per se it's the the way the company dealt with it the right. fact that they didn't comply with their legal obligations to essentially eradicate that harassment may mean that she has additional compensation a compensation owed to her beyond just the severance because what what he's described david could be a violation of the employment standards act the occupational health and safety act the human rights code so it's a violation of now a number of statutes potentially and those violations comes come with consequences so it's not just severance that's here uh and of course you know there's still always the issue of proof and documenting it etc yeah. but something like this the company has to take seriously they can't really be any uh, flexibility it has to be zero tolerance. So unless the company dealt with it perfectly and properly, there's going to be consequences.
0: Same goes for a uh, massive corporation or if it's a mom and you know mom and pop pizza joint. Doesn't matter, right?
1: Doesn't matter. Those legal yeah. obligations apply to any employer, all employers. And some of the most basic obligations that any employer has is to protect an employee from workplace harassment, from workplace bullying, from a poison work environment, a right. very serious obligation.
0: And with that, we'll get into a short break here, guys. Grab those phones. Love talking to you. This is your opportunity to get some answers, 416-872-1010. You can also get to the texts as well through seven ten ten. 10 10 And uh, we'll continue with lots more of the employment loss. You'll stand by. We're coming right back. And right back at it, it's uh, just around 1.20 on a Sunday. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Uh, the phone calls, we got got uh, 40, 40 minutes uh, left to go here, so we got all kinds of time to talk to you here in the Employment Law Show, and that is 416-872-1010 uh, as we get into our topic in just a bit after that. Everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. But uh, I want to talk to Veronica first. Hi, Veronica. Thanks for taking the time. How are you?
3: Great. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Go ahead.
3: Um, yes, I'm just looking at um, my Service Canada form. I have uh, several records of employment, and my question is: I have a SIN card that I think has been um, ha- hacked with. Do you th- Do you think I should change my SIN card for my next job?
1: My uh, next. well, well if you think that someone has access to it, then I think you should contact uh, Service Canada and talk to them about what the options are. And uh, they may be able to tell if your SIN card has been used somehow and and if it has, how to deal with that. Do you get a new card, et cetera? Uh, But certainly, I mean, if you believe that someone has access to your your SIN number, it's not something you can ignore, but Service Canada is who you need to talk to. Um, Sure,
3: because I was just worried because um, if... Um, it's going to like open a, a new can where I've had this SIN card for 60 six years. I'm looking at um, one, two, three, four, five. See, I applied for Amazon Canada uh, fulfillment, July 2022, and it says serial number on my on my form for my service. And I never went into the job, but um, they took all my forms and put $200 in my bank account on my CRA, and then I proceeded to my next job, August. Um, Tech Mahindra.
1: Then I went to Teleperformance. I went to Miracle. Okay, l- 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 let, me, let me stop you there because I, oh, I don't know that it's appropriate to oh, kind of give n- names oh, yeah. like that on air. Uh, okay. Happy to connect with you if you want to talk about specific situations like that off air. So by all means, give me a call. But as I said, if you think your your SIN number has been compromised, definitely speak to Service Canada as soon as possible.
0: Thanks, uh, Veronica. Appreciate the uh, the phone call. And for you as well, we still got uh, plenty of time. You know how that works. 416-872- In the meantime, Leora, back to our main topic, as I mentioned, as we get some more phone calls lined up here, everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. Maybe we'll kick off with the easy one that is maybe uh, define exactly what that means or tell us what it isn't anyway, right?
1: So a wrongful dismissal, I I don't, I can imagine that there's someone that has not heard this term, Uh, but there's a lot of misconceptions of what it is. So let's start with what it is not. Uh, A wrongful dismissal does not mean That you were let go for a bad reason or a wrongful dismissal doesn't mean that your employer lied to you about the reason or it also doesn't mean that uh, the company let you go without warning Uh, an employer generally is allowed to let someone go for good reason bad reason no reason as long as severance is paid so the law is Really tell the employer, you can kind of do what you want in terms of letting people go. There's exceptions, which we'll talk about. But uh, as long as you pay severance. So usually when people believe that they've been wrongfully dismissed, they think, well, everything was going fine. And I was led, I was called into a meeting Friday and I was told, you know what, we just wasn't, weren't happy with you and we're letting you go. Uh, and like they never told me and no, no one ever warned me. I think they're lying about the reason. So I've been wrongfully dismissed. Well, that's actually not a wrongful dismissal necessarily. It could be a wrongful dismissal if they're not paying you proper severance. But a wrongful dismissal, at the end of the day, comes down to severance. If you're owed a certain amount of severance and you're not paid that severance or you're offered less than what you're owed, you've been wrongfully dismissed. Let's assume that the company is completely honest with you about the reason. Uh, they, they're they shutting down the the, the department. Right. So everyone has to be let go. So clearly they're not picking on you and, they, and their, their heart is aching for you because they love you to death. Uh, so no one's going to complain about the reason here, but that can absolutely still be a wrongful dismissal if the severance that they pay you is insufficient. The majority of people, in fact, when they lose their job have been wrongfully dismissed. But remember, what it's not, it really has nothing to do with the reason or even how you were let go. In most cases, it comes down to severance.
0: Is there several different ways or sure, surefire ways that someone knows if they've been wrongfully dismissed? There's got to be more than one, right?
1: Yeah. So first of all, you know, you may have been wrongfully dismissed if a uh, company says that they're letting you go for cause and there really isn't cause. So what often would happen is if a company uh, says we're letting you go for cause because you did something, we're not even going to pay you servants because we feel as the company that we have cause. In the majority of cases, that's not true because it's very difficult to terminate someone for cause without severance. It would have to be a situation where the employee did something really nasty, really awful. Uh, beyond that, in the majority of cases, 90 percent, John, 90 percent of cases, when someone is let go, even if it's for good reason, even if you know the reason is is not a problem, they've been wrongfully dismissed. Because in 90% of cases, people are offered less severance than what they're owed. So a good starting point is to understand that if you've been let go, there's a 90% chance that actually you've been wrongfully dismissed. So if the company is going to line up 100 people uh, and let them all go, 90 of them on average will be wrongfully dismissed. But if you want to know for sure, it starts with understanding how much severance you're owed. Well, you can call me at the office to find out how much severance you owed. You can call here on the show to find out how much severance you owed. Even easier, you can grab your smartphone, your tablet, whatever you prefer, and go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and use the severance calculator there and find out again in seconds how much you owed. But chances are you've been wrongfully dismissed. And, and I need people to understand that because if you If you understand that concept, the chances are you've been wrongfully dismissed, you'll want to do something about it. Too many people understand after the fact, after they've already accepted their severance offer, wait a second, I was owed more. I was wrongfully dismissed, but I I didn't know. So now you know. Now you know what to do.
0: It seems like a very easy thing for employers to do. Is it really common to throw a wrongful dismissal at you?
1: You know, it's… In many cases, the reason why so many people have been wrongfully dismissed, it's several reasons for that. Number one, in many cases, the company doesn't necessarily know and understand how much severance they're owed. They may believe that they only owe you 6 weeks severance when they maybe, owed, uh, maybe owe you six-month severance. Happens all the time. In other cases, the company may know that they owe you more severance, but they're kind of hoping they can get away with paying less. They're hoping that you may not know as the employee... Uh, another reason why so it's so common that people could be wrongfully dismissed is they get incorrect advice from, believe it or not, our government, the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board. You contact them, unfortunately, they cannot advise you about your full entitlements. They can only advise you about your minimum entitlements. So people that call them may get incorrect information information. And ultimately accept an offer that they uh they shouldn't be accepting. So there's all kinds of reasons why people are wrongfully dismissed. My hope is that if you're listening to the show or if you've been a, a regular listener to John and I for years, you won't be wrongfully dismissed because you'll know better.
0: Or they Google it, which is even more dis- <laughs> misinformation, right? Wrongful dismissal. Google's gotta have my answers for this one, you know. You I mean? know,
1: there there's uh there's a fountain of misinformation out <laughs> there. You know, we, we we here reside on the on the on the mountain of right. So let's deal with that. Let's make sure that uh, we provide correct information. Don't go to Google for things like that. It's important. And you don't get a second crack at it. And what I mean is if you accept inadequate severance because you found something on Google and then you realize that that was wrong, you're done. You're stuck. So you have to get it right the first time
0: two-way conversation here but the opportunity to make it a three-way conversation is up to you for the rest of the hour 416-872-1010 call us now and interrupt this particular topic no problem if you have questions bring them on we're uh, we're eager to talk to you now what if your employer gave you notice of termination instead of severance didn't want to pay it gave you the time at work instead could you still in that case be wrongfully dismissed
1: so we talk about severance, we talk about severance many, many times on this show and every show, the severance that someone is owed. Uh, the very common, most common way to get severance is you're, you're done and then we're going to write you a check for the severance that we owe you. Mm-hmm. But there's another way to do that, that an employer can is instead of writing you a check for, I don't know, 10 months severance, whatever you're owed, they can give you the equivalent in notice. So if it's 10 months, they can say, we're going to give you 10 months of notice that your employment is terminated. And if the employer gives enough notice, then they fulfill their obligations and they may not have to pay anything else. And that's fine. Now, the number one is a lot of employers don't do that. They they don't want to give someone notice, they just want the employee gone. But even in cases where an employer provides notice, more often than not, they don't give enough notice. So using my 10-month example, they may give that person four months notice. Well, they still have to make up that difference in severance. So that's still a wrongful dismissal if you haven't received enough notice. So whether you received enough notice or just let go effective immediately, chances are you've been wrongfully dismissed.
0: We'll take a short break. We got a phone call standing by and yours as well. Bring it on. You got lots of time. We got lots of lines. So let's go. 416-872-1010 to call into the show now. Your texts are available at seven ten ten, 10 And anytime you want to reach out to Leader Oregon, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a wonderful website. It's built just for you. You can start there and then follow up with a phone call as well. Your phone calls and more about wrongful dismissal, maybe some emails coming up here as we continue more of the Employment Law Show. Hang in there. 34 Sunday afternoon. Good to have you with us for the remainder of the hour. Still have lots of time to uh, join the show. Be that third voice on air. Love getting you on here. 416-872-1010. We'll get back into our uh, conversation about wrongful dismissal very shortly. And after the show, always, always, don't be hesitant to reach out to Leor and his team at one 855 Two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer dot ca, and that website's so simple to navigate, built to make it simple for you and educate you as well. Called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. dot ca. But uh, Tanya, Tanya, thank you uh, so much for hanging on through the break. How are you today?
3: Great, thank you.
0: You bet. What's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Um, I was just I uh, hear so much about wrongful dismissal. Uh, my case is say within three months I was wrongfully dismissed before my probation. So
1: what are my rights and what would be the reasons? Hmm. So uh, remember what I said, that ultimately it's not a question of why they let you go uh, or really even how. It's a question of compensation. It's a question of are you owed compensation, are you owed severance that you didn't get? Now, even in the first three months of employment, you may be owed severance. Now. The, the, the only way for a company to avoid paying you severance in the first three months is if you sign an employment agreement that says that in those first three months, they don't have to pay you anything if they let you go. So if you sign something like that, unfortunately, Tanya, they can let you go and then not pay you anything. If you did not sign something like that, you could be owed a few weeks, even more than that, of, of severance, even in those first three months. Okay, that's
3: great. That answers my question. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. China, no problem. It's uh, short and sweet, but if you want to carry on the conversation later or have any other questions to follow up, you can always call Lior's team on the outside, one 821 5900 And for you, still plenty of time. Grab a phone, call us, love to talk to you, 416 872 1010. We're going to continue our conversation about wrongful dismissal. And this one's really good because this is where a lot of confusion lies. We've spoken many times about constructive dismissals. So everyone's like, okay, I'm getting the two terms screwed up still. What's the difference between that and wrongful dismissal? Constructive dismissal, wrongful dismissal.
1: Right, so we know that the wrongful dismissal is simply a situation you've been let go and you have not been paid or haven't been offered your proper severance. Wrongful dismissal, we know it, we get it. 90% of people when they're let go wrongfully dismissed. Constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissal is a situation where even though the company is not officially letting you go, they've done something that makes it very difficult to continue working and because of that, you, the employee, are considering it a termination of your employment, and because it's a termination, they have to pay you severance. So a constructive dismissal is a type of wrongful dismissal because the issue still is severance. If you've been constructively dismissed, you're owed severance, to the company hasn't paid it, which makes it a type of wrongful dismissal. So wrongful dismissal is really any situation when you've been let go without severance. And one of the ways you can be let go without severance is if you've been constructively dismissed because there's a change in your pay. There's a demotion. You've been mistreated in the workplace. You've been relocated somewhere very far all those things can result in a constructive dismissal so if you're faced that situation if there's a big change to the terms of employment or the company did something to you that makes it difficult to continue working we should talk about constructive dismissal we should talk about do you want to just accept whatever it is that they did or do you want to treat it as a termination of your employment and that triggers the obligation on the company to pay your full severance of course that
0: could be as much as two years pay we could even talk about it now if uh, if you'd like to four one six eight seven two, ten ten. You know another thing that gives people so much stress is you know Leo, people have called panicking about this and that's that severance package deadline. So the you know by the time you figure out if you've been wrongfully dismissed as our discussion has flowed on, uh, the package will expire. That gives people all kinds of stress.
1: I can tell you, John, that
0: not a day, not
1: a day goes by where we don't get probably multiple calls from people that are very, very anxious to speak with us immediately. Why? Because they're staring at a severance package with a deadline. And that deadline's coming up today, tomorrow, whatever it is, the next day. And they 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 really want to talk to us very quickly. And I get that. It's very stressful where this big company says, We're only going to pay you this money if you sign this by Thursday. And if you don't, we're not going to pay you. So You feel very stressed out about that i get that completely that said don't worry about it and and here's what i mean by that your your legal rights don't expire just because the company imposed a date your legal rights don't expire on the thursday or the friday in fact they don't expire for two full years the company's not paying you severance because they're nice they're not paying you severance because they just you know want to just do you a solid they're paying you severance because they're legally obligated And that obligation doesn't extinguish for two years. So that's why that deadline is meaningless. Nothing happens if you don't sign this by Thursday. Uh, If you're out, severance, you're going to get it. And the company doesn't get to decide that our, our obligations stop Thursday. Nonsense. Of course not. So you take the time that you need to get the advice that you need, regardless of whether that's a day, a week, a month, whatever it is uh it's and if you actually think about the fact that that severance that came with the deadline is actually likely a very bad severance offer so the company's saying we're going to give you a really bad severance offer but you know what we're only going to pay you this really bad severance offer if you pay if if you assign this by thursday ridiculous right so don't worry about that severance deadline it's meaningless do the right thing Call me, email me, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Do something to protect and enforce your rights.
0: I think by now, if you've been listening to the show for last, say, you know, forty minutes or so, you're thinking, okay, wrongful dismissal. This is my situation. I'm not going to tackle this on my own. How difficult is it to resolve those? And you know, John, every single time when someone calls me, often it's,
1: well, okay, you, you you've explained to me, Lior, that I'm owed more severance. You've explained to me that this offer is very bad. Got it. But am I going to have to fight the company for the next three years to get it? Is it going to cost me tens of thousands of dollars? Because if so, you know what? Thank you, but I'm just going to accept the severance package. And you'd be absolutely right. If, in fact, it would took a long time, if it cost a lot of money, it would make no sense to pursue that. You'd just be better off accepting the the severance you were offered. Well, the good news is, it's not hard to resolve. It doesn't take a long time. It doesn't cost a lot of money. In the majority of cases, we're able to resolve this very quickly, usually in the span of a few weeks. And, you know, we engage the company in a n- discussion and a negotiation. They respond, they go back and forth. We, sa- we settle on a proper severance package. Even in cases where we have to take formal legal action, usually those resolve quickly. It doesn't take years, almost never, 99% of matters are going to resolve much, much sooner than that and on good terms and without even burning bridges. And even with respect to legal fees, in the majority of cases, there's a possibility to, to work on a contingency basis you don't have to worry about paying and funding this. So please don't be afraid of the legal process. The legal process can be daunting and scary in certain cases, you know, in criminal law and family law and a few other things. But now when it comes to wrongful dismissal, usually those things are easy to resolve. They're not long, they're not complicated or expensive. So, do the right thing, get the advice that you need so that you could get the severance package that you're owed.
0: So, you know, let's let's run through it. Basically, you think at this point you've been wrongfully dismissed. It sounds like that's right in your wheelhouse to your to your issue. Uh, what do you do? How do we start?
1: Well, first thing you do is you you, you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use the severance calculator, the 2 million, million people plus have used Get that rough idea uh, and and you'll probably see that, yeah, the severance offer that you've gotten is not adequate. The next thing you do is you call, okay? Give a call, send me an email or call me and, and you know schedule a time to speak if you want to. In the meantime, you can let the company know, hey, uh, just so you know, uh, you asked for a response by Thursday, probably won't be able to do it, I'll get back to you when I can. You don't have to do that. But courtesy is never a bad thing, so something to think about. And then let's talk about those options. And keep in mind, if after we speak about the options, you still want to accept the severance package that the company offered you initially, even though it expired, quote unquote, you'll still be able to do that. So don't worry about it. So go to set the severance calculator, call me, let's schedule a time to speak, let's deal with it, let's get it resolved so that when you do sign on that piece of paper, it's for the appropriate amount of severance
0: get a a quick email in before we go to break and this guy's been on disability leave and my employer has just been sold can i lose that ltd and what does it mean for me
1: so no the nice thing is if you're uh on long-term disability you're getting paid by an insurance company you should continue getting paid until the age of 65 or until you're able to work so the fact that the company is sold does not affect your ability to stay on long-term disability now beyond that uh, you can also assume that your uh, employment uh, continues unless you've heard otherwise. Unless your employment has been terminated officially, you may actually be entitled to your job back with the buyer when you're ready to come back to work. For now, do what you need to do. Get uh, the medical care. And when you're ready to come back to work, if there's no job for you, give me a call right away.
0: And with that, we'll take a short break. Get back to more. You still have an opportunity to call us. So, uh, so bring it on. Four one six eight seven two ten ten. This is the employment law show. We got more coming up. Hang in there. All right. Welcome back to it. 10 minutes to two. That means you still have some time to pick up that phone and call the number, get on air, talk to us with your questions. Don't sit there and wonder, scratch your head going, oh, geez, can I ask this question on this show? It's about my job, which I think I might be losing. Yes. Call us 416-872-1010 right away and uh, talk to us. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address and the website, by the way, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That will cover most of your questions before you even pick up the phone. So it's free, it's anonymous, and you'll have access to uh, contact. Lior, in the top right corner of that website, and the severance calculator, which was mentioned earlier, is available as well. I want to get down to just uh, you know some basic common law of, uh, employment, or at least rather common employment law questions you get every week, or We get them on the show all the time. Um, when does my employer have to pay me overtime, and do they have to pay me overtime?
1: Yeah, so overtime, I get questions a lot about that. Employees get get it wrong, certainly employers do. Uh, so overtime generally in Ontario is paid uh, if you work more than 44 hours a week. So anything over 44, you have to get paid time and a half. So as an example, if you make $20 an hour, any hours over 44 have to be paid at $30 an hour times and time and a half. Now, by the way, that also applies to salaried employees. So whatever your weekly salary, we would divide that by 44, that gives us an hourly rate. One and a half times that is your overtime rate. So that's the general rule. Now, beyond that, what you have to understand is that even if your employer did not ask you to work overtime, they didn't ask you to work more than 44 hours this week, but you did, because you had to get the job done, you know, they had deadlines, you had to, it had to be done. Well, they still have to pay it. So it's not just if your employer wants you to, even if they don't, but you did it because it was legitimate and it needed to be done, your employer has to pay that overtime. Of course, there's some positions that are exempt where the company does not have to pay overtime. The biggest one is for managers. Generally, managers do not have to get paid overtime unless the company uh, agrees that overtime will be paid. Uh, there's other positions with certain professionals, doctors, lawyers, accountants, etc. A few other positions as well, IT professionals. Uh, but for most people, 44 hours a week and over, you have to get paid time and a half.
0: Not a question. My employer made a quote-unquote significant change to my job. I guess that depends on what it is. But can they do that?
1: So. Yes and no. And what I mean by that is there's no way to physically stop your employer from changing your hours. You can't, you know, you can't call in the army to go <laughs> stop them from, from changing your job, your hours, your, your pay. But that doesn't mean that it's allowed. That doesn't mean that it's legal because you can't stop them, the only thing you could do is react to it. And the way you can react to it, if you're not happy with what the company did, is you may be able to consider it a constructive dismissal, a termination of your employment. Now, we're talking significant changes. So it's not every single change that the company does that results in a constructive dismissal. If they reduced your pay from $23 an hour to $22 an hour, that is not good and it's not going to make you happy, but it's yeah. probably not going to be enough. But, you know, if they reduce your pay from $23 to, uh, you know, 18 uh, as an example, yeah, that that is a big enough change, you know, kind of on that 15% plus or so that may result in a constructive dismissal. Uh, so keep that in mind. You have that option. And if you decide that you want to pursue a constructive dismissal, you need to act very quickly, pretty much as soon as that change happens. Give me a call if you're in that situation.
0: That's well. I can, that was kind of the question I was going to ask. What happens if something changes and you, you know, you're a little slow in the uptake and you let it linger a little too long? Is there a, is there a problem with that? Well,
1: let's use my pay cut example. Uh, the employee uh, was told they were going to cut your pay. Sorry, we need to do it. And the employees, ah, man, I don't like it. But in the meantime, you continue working as you kind of think about what you want to do about it. And now a bunch of weeks have passed. Well, now you may be too late. You may be considered to have accepted. Mm -hmm. what the company did, even though you were never okay with it, even though you never wanted it. But just by being silent and continuing to work, you may be considered to have accepted it, and now you're stuck. But it's actually even worse than that. Because not only have you accepted it and and you're stuck, by accepting it, you've probably given the company the right to do it again. So not only did they reduce your pay, and now you're stuck by by accepting it, you potentially have given them the right to reduce your pay a second, third, and fourth time. So you really want to deal with this issue as soon as it happens. If you're not okay with the demotion, the with the uh, change in hours, change in pay,
0: you really have to deal with this immediately, and it starts by giving me a call. You want to call us here now. This is the uh, time you want to do it in the last few minutes of the show, four one six eight seven two ten ten. 872 you know, my boss has been treating me very poorly lately. I'm not a big fan of it. What can I? Can I do anything about it?
1: so we started the show talking about workplace harassment and bullying and the obligation that an employer has to protect an employee and to to make sure that an employee is treated properly so if you're not being treated properly in the workplace you're bullied harassed you're mistreated well you gotta tell someone you gotta give the company that opportunity to fix the problem so maybe that's the hr person in your company maybe it's the owner whoever you think that right person is Put it in writing so that there's never a question about what you said and if you said something. And once you tell the company about that, they have that obligation to investigate and to fix the problem, to deal with it seriously. They can't ignore it. If the company ignores it, there could be all kinds of repercussions. So I don't want anyone just suffering. I don't want you going off on a medical leave. Deal with it by talking with the company. If you don't feel that you can or if you've tried and nothing happened,
0: call me. My employer, Lior, says I'm on a temporary layoff. Hey, man, we've heard those two words a lot the last three years. Uh, do they have to take me back eventually? So I, I bet
1: you most people at some point in the last, you know, three plus years with the pandemics were put or or were about to be put on a temporary layoff. And uh, what I want you everyone to to understand is that you don't actually have to wait to be called back. You can choose to look at that temporary layoff as a termination. Even though the company is saying, no, no, it's temporary layoff, we're not letting you go, we're not permanently laying you off, it doesn't matter. You can choose to consider that to be a, a termination, a permanent layoff, and get your severance. Now, there's you can do that, or you can wait and see what the company does. Do they call you back, or do they not? But that choice is yours, and if you want to treat that as a termination, you can. Again, good place to start is giving me a call.
0: Let's get to Tracy here quickly, the last couple of minutes. Tracy, go ahead.
3: Hi, um, I just heard you say, I was in the car, that um, if Mm -hmm. you work over 44 hours a week and you're salaried, that you're entitled to time and a half for overtime, does that also apply apply if you're in sales and you make an incentive or not?
1: It does. There, there are some ex- exemptions for a uh, kind of on-road salespeople, uh, but but generally for most most sales individuals, yes, the same rules would apply. Uh, we would calculate uh, hours, and anything over forty-four, it would be time and a half. So, absolutely.
0: Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate that. Any further questions, you know where to uh, to reach out Uh, to 1-855-821-5900. Interesting. uh, She she brought up the sales thing, Leor. as far as figuring out severance for salespeople, because as you know, commissions can go up and down and up and down. It can be confusing. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, and not everyone makes the same amount of uh, pay week in, week out, et cetera. Some people, it could be widely varied. Well, it's very simple. We look at an average. Depending on how long you've been there, we may look at one, two, or three-year average and use that figure. So on average, maybe you make uh, $6,000 a month. Some months it could be higher, some lower, but that's the average. Well, if that's the average, we will use that to calculate your seven or eight or 18 months of severance. So that means that we have to account for your commissions. We have to account for your bonuses, for your incentives. All that has to factor into your uh, severance. It's not just your base pay. uh, So uh, very important to make sure that we get this right.
0: And with that, we're uh, we're done for this week. Thanks for joining the show. If you give us a call or an email or a text, we really appreciate you. Carry on with the conversation now uh, with Leor anytime one eight five five eight. Two one is a number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email I read from moments ago, and that website you can always use free and anonymous. It's super handy. It's built for you to make it easy for you to understand employment rights, your workplace rights. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time right here on the Employment Law Show. And a reminder: our Catcher TV show on our brother station CP Twenty Four Wednesdays at nine thirty PM. You'll catch us there as well. We'll see you next time.